Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome everyone. I'm Pearly Martin and thank you for joining my podcast, Biblical Principles for Daily Living. Today we're going to be continuing teaching out of my book, Understanding Your Own Issues and Other Issues. Uh, We're coming from chapter 15 today, understanding our self-perception, and we're coming out of Proverbs 23 and 7. How many of you know that proverb there, it it talks about, um, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. I want to read it. I want to read it in this context. I want to read Proverbs 4, 23, 6, and 7 together. But before we get started, I want to say again, welcome in everyone, and we're going to pray. Father God, we just thank you for being in the midst of us, Lord God. We thank you that this word will not fall on deaf ears, Father God, but um, it will fall on good ground and we will bring forth good fruit and we will begin to walk in our new identity in Christ Jesus, Father God. We thank you for opening up our ears so we can hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Um, and Father God, we thank you that um, this word will not land on deaf ears. It will not land on deaf ears. We thank you for a rhema word, Father. Holy Spirit, we thank you for imparting a rhema word, a word that's alive and active and powerful to us, a word that's real to us. Make this word a rhema word. We thank you for your anointing and your, that's on the word. We thank you for your grace that's upon the word. And Father God, we just thank you right now. You said those who hunger and thirst at the righteousness shall be filled, Lord God. So we thank you that those that are here today are so hungry for the word, Father, and that you will fill us with whatever it is that we ask of you and we desire of you from this word. It will not return void, but it will accomplish those things when it has been sent, Father. We will bear fruit because we will be doers of this word that we hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, um, this I'm Pearly Martin, and we're starting, we're coming out, we're talking about understanding our self-perception. Um, but we're coming from... Proverbs 4, 23, we're going to start at verse 6 and read to 7. NLT says, don't eat with people who are stingy. Don't desire their delicacies. They are always thinking about how much it costs. Eat and drink, they say, but they don't mean it. They don't really mean it in their heart. You ever met someone like that? (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to deal with, we're not talking about self-esteem, okay, or self-confidence. We're talking about as a man... The King James Version says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You know, in other words, they're saying one thing with their mouth, but for real in their heart, they're meaning something completely different. We're not, we're not really meaning what we say. Can we say one thing with our mouths and not believe it and believe it in our heart and not mean it in our heart? Of course we can. Uh, We see an example of that, of Eve in the garden. She knew the word, she quoted the word, but in our heart. It's with our heart that we believe. How many of you know that Romans 10, 9, and 10 tells us is that it's with the heart that man believes. It's with the mouth that we confess, but it's with the heart that man believes. Let me read Proverbs uh, 23, 6, and 7 from King James. It says, Eat thou not the bread of him that has an evil eye, neither desire um, their, their dainty meats. For as he think in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, says he to thee, but in his heart is not with thee. His heart is not with you. 
he's he's not really meaning what he's saying. He's saying, come on, let man, come in here and eat all you want. Yeah, welcome. To, make yourself at home. You ran into that stuff. And they said, go on, take everything, take all that you want. Go on and take it. But then on the inside, they're really, and, and then you start taking what they're doing, what they say. But on the inside, they're saying, dog, they didn't really have to take all of that. I didn't really mean that. But see, you were saying one thing with your mouth, but meaning another thing with your heart. Um, the, ourself, the way we perceive ourselves, the way we see ourselves is how we will treat ourselves and how we will allow others to treat us. It's with our mouth that we're confessing stuff, but it's really in our heart that we believe. And and, and that's what God is looking at. God is not li- looking at, he's, he's looking at the inside. He said, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. And, and our perception of ourselves as a man thinketh in his heart, that's the part I want us to focus on. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. However, your perception of yourself will determine how you treat yourself and how you treat others and how you allow others to treat you. So uh, we have to have a healthy perception of ourselves. And so where do we get a healthy perception of ourselves? From the word of God. Understanding our identity in Christ Jesus. The word of God tells us as he is, so are we in this world. For 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, look, see, all things have become new. What are you talking about? God is trying to get us to understand that now that we have accepted him, that we are in right standings with him. And it's important that we see ourselves the way God sees us and not based upon what we do. You know, Jesus, God don't see us uh, based upon what we do. He don't see us as felons and prostitutes and fornicators and adulterers and and uh, crackheads and lesbians and all this stuff. That's not how God sees us. God sees us the way he created us. And that he's trying to get us to be conformed into his image. This is why Romans 12, 1 and 2 tells us to be not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. So as we change our way of thinking, we can change our way of speaking and we can change we can change our heart's desire. Um, we can change our way of living because the body will do what the mind tell it to. It's designed like that. Okay. So as we begin to change our way of thinking, putting on the mind of Christ, putting on the thoughts of Christ, changing our perception of ourselves by what the word of God says. He says, we're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. We're the head and not the tail above and not beneath. But the devil wants to keep us off in this carnal realm. He wants us to see ourselves based upon what we do. So what we do is not who we are. What we do is an action or reaction that we allow our sinful nature called the flesh to commit. So it's very important that we watch our words. Because for one thing, God used words to frame the world, right? And that's the same way we're doing with our words. When we're calling uh, our children stupid, dumb, or cussing at our kids and just saying all kinds of crazy, oh, they're never going to be saved, or they're this and they're that. Make sure you're not cursing your kids. Make sure you're not cursing yourself. And I know a lot of times we think that curse words are just curse words, but cur- uh, you know, saying bad words, but curse words is words that are contrary to God's words. Life and death is in the power of our tongue. Um, blessings and curses comes out of the mouth. Blessings and curses 
comes out of the mouth. This is what the Bible says. Is in the power of the tongue, right? Blessings and curses is in the power of the tongue, but we should not be, both of them should not be coming out of the mouth at the same time. James 3 and 10 tells us this. We're going to read it from the NLT. It says, and so blessings and curses come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this not this is not right. It shouldn't be this because with the tongue, we bless um, the Lord and Father. And with it, we curse men who, who have been made in God's likeness. Lord Jesus help us. And then 10 says, out of the same mouth comes blessings and cursing. My brothers and sisters, not be, this shouldn't be like this. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? No, he's saying, we don't need to do that. We don't, you know, we bless God. This is James 3, 9 and 10 and 11. He said, we, in NLT, he said, we bless God with our tongue. We bless our Lord and our Father with our tongue, but we use that same tongue to curse men who he made in his own image and likeness. We have to watch our words. We're framing not just our world, but we're framing somebody else's world with our words when they don't understand and know who they are in Christ. Because our real life is hid in Christ. That's our real identity is in Christ. As he is, the Bible says, so are we in this world. As he is, why? Because the real us is the spirit. God wants us to learn how to live from the inside out. I'm not talking about being puffed up and prideful. I'm talking about identifying with the fact that we're heirs and joint heirs in Jesus Christ. Can you see this? When we have a root of rejection, that is so hard for us to take compliments because we see ourselves based upon that atomic nature. We see ourselves based upon the condemnation um, those accusations made by the enemy. We see ourselves as uh, who we are as being what we've done. But what we do is not who we are. A basketball player plays basketball. That's what he does. But that's not who he is. His character tells us who he is. And so we're supposed to have the character of Christ. We have the spirit of God on the inside of us. We have the fruits of the spirit on the inside of us. But we have to water them, nurture them, uh, and let it grow so we can manifest in our daily lives. We have to walk in the spirit, walk in love. When we walk in love, the fruits of the spirits can come out of love, right? Um, so our perception is coming out of, our self-perception is coming out of uh, what we think about ourselves and the thoughts that come are is coming from if we know what the word of God says that we're believing what God says about us that we're heirs and joint heirs in Christ Jesus that we're sitting in heavenly places that we're the head and not the tail and above and not beneath it won't make us arrogant but it will make us confident because true confidence comes from God it's, it's not about self-confidence the Bible said we must decrease so we can increase this is why I don't teach self-confidence I don't teach self-esteem because we're not trying to esteem ourselves. We're trying to esteem Christ. He says we must decrease so God can increase. And when we get into self-esteem, that's when we get in the devil's arena. That's when we begin to get in pride. And that's when we begin to boast and brag within ourselves. That's when our, our, uh, our success is built upon what we did. It's not built upon what God did. 
And then that's how we build those golden calves. Because we become the God of our own lives and we become proud of ourselves. And I'm not putting any of that down. But what I'm saying is we need to put it in its proper place so we can keep pride out of our lives. And this is why I say things like anything that good that you see about me is because of the God that's in me. What is it that we have that God did not give that we did not receive? We can do nothing within ourselves. For it is in him that we live and move and have our being. Everything that we can do is because of Christ who strengthens us. Everything goes back to God. The Bible said that when Christ is lifted up, it will draw all men unto him. So it's not about drawing people to us. Yeah, they will be attracted to the God in us because when we're living Christ's life, they will see the light. Okay, but even in that, let's remember that whatever it is that we have, what is it we have that we did not receive? The gifts and callings all come from God. So that's nothing for us to boast and brag in. We can boast, we're to boast and brag in our God. Life does not consist in the abundance of things, but when we have a root of rejection, our self-perception comes out of the things that we have. We begin to identify with our titles. I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher. I'm, you know, we begin to identify, we get our identity in other things. I'm a wife, I'm a this, I'm a that. Um, that's where we draw our identity from. When we don't know who we are in Christ. When we know who we are in Christ, we won't see the need to boast and to brag about the things, the natural physical things that we don't even really belong. Because the truth of the matter is, everything we own, we own, even if we got the title to it, it's on lease. Because when we leave this place, ain't none of this stuff going with us. So let's, um, let's live out loud for Christ and let's boast in the Lord. But I want to get back to this self-perception. Now, we know that how powerful words are. We understand this. Even the world understands this. They understand that you can't be constantly calling a child stupid, dumb, and ignorant. Parents understand this, but yet we still do it. Those are curses. Quit cursing your children. Oh, they're bad. They're bad. I tell I said, don't, don't put that. Don't speak that over my babies. Don't, because I understand the power of words. And when we understand the power of words, we'll be guard, we'll guard, we'll guard our mouth and we'll, we'll be quick to rebuke and correct other people because we understand you're loosening a curse. Uh Uh-uh, don't speak that over my baby. And then when they begin to act out the things that we speak, we can't figure out. See, I told you, I told you. Yes, what you did was you cursed that baby in faith and your faith activated that curse over that baby's life. Didn't God use words to create the world, to frame the world? So we need to, um, sometimes my son called, be like, how are there mighty men of valor? What I'm, t- I'm trying to change his self-image. I want you to see yourself. The, matter of fact, God said David was a man after his own heart. How is this? When in the natural, because why? Because God did not just, he don't see us uh, he don't just he don't see us based upon what we do. What we do is not who we are. God sees us the way He created us. This is why He's saying you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. When we accept Jesus Christ, He's trying to get us to identify with our new identity in Christ Jesus. And I'm gonna plug my book in here. Pick up my Bible Scripture Study Guide: Understanding Our Identity in Christ Jesus. And when you get that one, pick up understanding God's love for us also, because without having confidence and faith in God's love, we're not going to believe. It's going to be hard for us to believe anything that he says about us. Faith work it by love. 
So in order for me to even believe that I am an heir and a joint heir in Jesus Christ, I have to believe that God loves me. I have, in, before we can believe Romans 8 and 28, that uh, if God before us, who can be against us? All things are working together. Well, that's all things that work together for our good. But before we can believe that if God before us, who can be against us? Um, we have to be able to have confidence in God's love for us. How many of you know, if we don't believe that God love us, we're not going to believe anything that his word says about us. We cannot get our, build our self-esteem based upon we can't allow our self. We don't want self-esteem. We want confidence in God's love. When we know who we are in Christ, we'll have that boldness. And when we have confidence in God's love, we'll have that confidence. True confidence is built out of God's love. True confidence is not built out of self-confidence. Self-confidence comes from the devil. I'm sorry to have to tell you that, but that's the truth. That's what Satan said. I will exalt myself. That's self-esteem. Satan wanted to, when you want to exalt yourself, that's self-esteem. But God says, I need you to decrease so I can increase. And I need, because humble is the way. I need you to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. How is that? When, When we walk in agreement with what God says, that's how we're walking in submission to God. And when, and let's get this straight too. Let's do the false humility. Because false humility is when we don't agree with what God says. When we say things like, oh, I'm just a wretch. Oh, I'm just a sinner. Those are lies because those are words that's contrary to who God says we are. Let's get the, let's get the lies out of our life. Because um, the life that we're living, we're, uh, we're leaving, living it based upon what we're believing. And when we have a, a bad self-image of ourselves, when we have a bad self-image of ourselves, um, we tend to, um, we're going to treat, we're going to treat ourselves and others the way we see ourselves. Remember the Lord, the Lord said, um, the first, the greatest commandment is that you love the Lord thy God with all our, all our heart, our mind and our soul. Oh, one moment, please. Sorry about that. Remember the Bible says to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy mind, and thy soul, right? And then um, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Notice that he said to love the Lord first, then love your neighbor. Why? Because when we our love for others come out of our love for God, our love relationship with God, right? So when we learn to love others, our um, God, then we can love ourselves and then we can love others like God loved us. So we're loving others with the love that we receive from God. But let me, let me put this in here real quick for some of you. Um, some people are really treating you the way they treat themselves. The Bible say, love your neighbor as you love yourself. He tells the husband, he said, love your wife as you love yourself for no man has hated his own body. When a person don't take care of themselves, that means they don't love themselves. When they, when we abuse our body, put drugs, alcohol, not eating healthy or whatever, when we're not taking care of ourselves, when we don't take care of our physical body, that means we don't love ourselves. And I'm not talking about in a selfish way. I'm talking about in a caring way because our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Let me say this to you. If somebody lend you their car, okay, you're going to treat their car with special care because you understand that this is not your car. 
you're going to take extra special care of it because you know this is not your car. Well, this is the same way with our body. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Can we get that? I want to sit there for a second. What I want you to understand is that the spirit of the living God, it lives on the inside of us. And this, the Bible says that our body is not our own. It's been, we've been bought with a price. So if our body is not our own, we need to take care of it the same way we would take care of somebody else's property. This is not mine. This is on loan anyways, because this, this flesh house, this is going to be left behind. Okay. But our body is the temple. This is the vehicle that the spirit of the Lord used in the earth. He expresses himself in the earth through us. He expresses his love through in the earth through us. He said, this is how you're going to know my disciples is by the love they have for one another. And when we abide in love, we abide in God. And this is how God's love is expressed in the earth is through us. So I want to say this one more time that our bodies is not our own. It's been bought with a price. It's on loan. And the same way you would take extra special care of someone else's car if they lent it to you is the same way we need to take care of God's body because it's on loan to us. It's not ours. We need to take extra special care of it um, because this body is not ours and it's been bought with the price, which was the precious blood of Jesus. It's not ours. So the next time, um, we need to take extra special care of it. And when we start loving ourselves, then we can love others. When we don't have a healthy self, uh, healthy God image of ourselves, when we don't know who we are, I'm just going to say it like this. When we don't know who we are in Christ, we're going to believe what the devil said about us. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Um, be careful. Don't let people just say things about you. Okay? Because remember, those are curses. When it's uh, evil words, those are curses being sown. And when you receive those words, our heart is like a fresh pot of a soil. Excuse me. So I said this in a prior service. So look at our words as being seeds being sown into the hearts of others. Okay, our words are seeds. Just like the prayer ball, the sword talk about the word, the, the word of God being a seed. Okay, so our words are seeds. So Think about this. When you're speaking words and you're speaking negative words over your children, you're speaking negative words to your children, you're speaking negative words about your marriage, speaking negative words about your spouse, when you're speaking negative words about yourself or anyone else, that's why God said we need to keep corrupt communication out of our mouth, perverse speech, because what we're doing is we're cursing people with our words. That comes when we read Proverbs 4 and 23, guard your heart. That's one of the ways you guard your heart by keeping perverse speech far from your lips, not gossiping, watching the words that we speak, keeping our feet uh, from the paths of evil, being careful of the places that you go. You know, we need to be mindful of all this. This is how we guard our heart. So the next time you go to speak a word, my challenge to you, is the next time you go to speak a word, I want you to see it as a seed being sown into the heart. Because our heart is like a pot of soil. When we read the parable of the sower, it talks about the different types of ground. The thorny ground, the rocky ground, the wayside soil, and the good soil. So when we're speaking words, we're sowing seeds into the hearts and minds of other people. God used words to frame the world, and we're using our words to frame our world. And the devil is using his words to frame uh, uh, what we think about ourselves. 
Quit calling your kids by what they do because that's not who they are. You're bad. No, they're acting bad. They're not bad. But even don't even say that because that's cursed. We need to take, be mindful. I don't, I'm very careful of the words I speak. We need to be mindful of the words that we speak. Pay attention. Be slow to speak. Because when we're slow to speak, we can be quick. Not only can we be quick to hear, but we can think before we speak. Proverbs says that uh, uh, it's the foolish man who gives full vent to his emotions. It's not wise to give vent to your full emotions. You know, well, I just had to say it. A foolish man, he gives vents to his uh, emotions. He vents his emotions. In other words, he's just wilding out. Proverbs 29 and 7, 11, I'm sorry. Proverbs 29 and 11, take time out to read it. It says, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. A fool is known at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Proverbs 12, 16. A fool vents all his anger, but a wise man holds it back. NLT. NIV version of 29 and 11, Proverbs 29 and 11 says, Fools give full vent to their to their rage, but the wise bring calm in the end. You know, um, a man without control over his, his spirit is like a city without walls because he's just, there's just no self-control. That's a straight up sign of immaturity when we we don't have emotional stability. Okay, um, there's no condemnation. It's just we just need to spend more time in the Lord, loving on God like God loves us because our obedience to God comes out of our love for God. So we can measure how much we love God by our obedience to God. Jesus said, "If you love me, then obey me." He said, "Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say?" Jesus can be our Savior, not be our Lord. When Jesus become our Lord, that's when we can be led by the Spirit of God. Because we're not going to be able to be led by the Spirit of God if Jesus is not our Lord. Because when Jesus is our Lord, we become his disciple and we do what he say and not what we want. That's when Jesus becomes our Lord. Isn't that what we're trying to teach our children? We're trying to discipline our children by making them listen to our voice and to follow our commands. Why is we trying to do this? It's not because we don't love them. It's not because we're trying to take away their fun, um, but it's because we're trying to keep protect them from the evil one. And that's the same way with our Heavenly Father. Um, when our Father is telling us not to do something, um, it's not because he's trying to take away our fun. Uh, it's because he's trying to protect us from the evil one. So next time, look at that. When, when we read the word of God and he tells us, the, he tells us um, not to do something. It's not because he's trying to keep us from something good. God is not trying to withhold anything good from us. But how we see ourselves, uh, I'm trying to stay on subject here. The perception, how we see ourselves. Don't let nobody call you out of your name and quit answering uh, what people call you when they're not calling you, what God is calling you, when they're caught cursing you, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're this, you're that. Don't answer to those things. Don't even give a response to it because really the stuff that they're saying about you, that's what's inside of them. It's nothing personal because negative people say negative things. And see, what's in us is coming out of us. 
You see what I'm saying? So really, a lot of times, those things that those people are saying to use, that's really what they feel about themselves. Because it's out the abundance of a man's own heart, his mouth speak. You see? But the devil wants us to take it personal and take it and make it about us. When in fact, that's not even who you are. Let me ask you this. If you say you was a, a white person and someone was saying, hey, black girl, come here, black girl, come here. You're not going to even think to even turn to look around. Why? Because that's not who you are. I, I remember once I had to, um, and my son Dominic was a kid and he came home and he was really upset. I mean, if smoke could have came out of his nose, it would have. He's in elementary school. And he was so angry. And I'm like, well, why are you so angry? He said, because the little boy, he said, you was a bee. He said, your mama's a bee. I said, well, do the little boy know me? He said, no. I said, well, then the little boy's not talking about me. So why are you angry about something that's not even true? You don't know me. And that's in everything. Because when the devil is the accuser of the brethren. And so when the devil is using someone to, or just speaking those thoughts in your mind, those trying to bring that condemnation, there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but according to the spirit. There's no, you're not guilty of those things. When, yes, you did it. We're not saying you didn't do it. That's why we have to admit it so we can quit it. Confess our own faults one to another so we can be healed, delivered, and set free. So we're not saying that I didn't allow my flesh to do it. What I'm saying is that's not me. My flesh is not who I am. My spirit is. The apostle Paul says, uh, what I want to do good, evil is always present. Why? He said, so, so, oh, wretched man am I. So how do I handle this? How do I settle this? So he said, okay, I get it. It's with my mind that I serve the law of God, but it's with my flesh that I serve the law of, of, um, of, of, of the flesh it's with, uh, with uh, my mind that I serve the law of God but it's with my flesh that I serve the law of sin that's Romans 7 read that Romans 7 15 through 20 what was he doing he was identifying he wasn't saying that his flesh didn't do it he wasn't he was saying that was, that's not me my, the apostle Paul he knew who he was in Christ he knew his identity he was so in tune with who he was that he said, when I when I do it, that's not me doing it. That's my flesh doing it. Let me read some of that. Romans 7, this is the NIV. Romans 7, 15 through 20. It says, I do not understand what I do for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good, right? If I do what I don't want to do, the, the, the law is good. It's working because that's what's letting me know right from wrong. As it is no longer I, look at verse 17, Romans 7, verse 17. As it is, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it's sin living in me. See, he, under, see the differentiation. We have to be able to separate the sin from the spirit. The word of God can do that. It can, it separates and it divides the, the soul from the uh, flesh. We have to know who we are in Christ. The only way he could say this, he is the same one who wrote, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Right? He knew who he was. And when we know who we are, we'll quit answering to what the devil say. We'll quit responding to the critics because you don't, you're not even talking to me because that's not who I am. My father says I'm an heir in a joint heir in Jesus Christ. I'm not the B word. 
I am a child of the king. So let's, we don't have to take the offense when we, I'm telling you, this is spiritual maturity. This is why I say my podcast is for mature audience only. You must be willing to grow up to, to stand up under this uh, because correction is uh, God loving on us. And um, but there's no condemnation because God comes, he comes to grace us, um, to correct us and to restore us. Isn't that what he did with the woman that was caught in, in adultery? He, he said, where are those who condemn you? They was stoning her. And he's like, let him without sin cast the first stone. I love him. He is the wisest man in the world. I love Jesus. He is my mentor. Look at the wisdom he used. He didn't even turn around and say, well, yeah, how y'all going to talk about her? Y'all did stuff too. That's not what he said. He said he did, but he said it like this. He said, this is what he do when God asks a question. It's not because he don't know the answer. He's trying to get you to see yourself. And we have to be able to see ourselves when we, so we can repent. Not just see ourselves in the evil way, but we got to see ourselves in the good way. So we can walk in who God has called us to be. We have to know our identity in Christ Jesus. Because when we know who we are, we'll quit answering to what the naysayers say, to what they say. They are the naysayers. You know, they called Jesus. Jesus didn't flinch. He wasn't moved by nothing they said. They said he was a devil. He said, if I'm a devil, I can Satan cast out Satan. He knew who he was. When the devil came to the garden to tempt him, we did it yesterday. We talked about the temptations of Christ. He wasn't able to move him. First of all, because you know what? The evil one has no place in me. Sin does not have dominion over us. I have some good news for you. In other words, Romans tells us that sin no longer has dominion over us. Because, in other words, we don't have to do it. Christ redeemed us from the curse. So, the devil can't make me do it either. Unless a person is demon-possessed, the devil can't make us do anything. We get to choose, and life is choices. And we are in the place that we are now based upon the choices that we made. Whoever we yield our members to, that's who we serve to. So if every time, um, life, that's all it is, is a series of choices. All day long, we're making choices. I- I'm making choices right now. All day long, we're making choices. We're making choices. All day long. So choose this day whom you're going to serve. So the, the thing is, uh, the, 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 the closer we get to God, as we develop that love relationship, it's going to be easier to choose God. Because we know that when you love someone, it's easy to, it's easy to please them. Your heart desire is to please someone. I mean, your children. I mean, you will go and your grandbabies. Oh, my. Some of the things that we would do out of the name of love. And your spouse I mean, love is an action word. Love is an action word. It's not. That's why it's not enough just to say we believe in God, because Jesus said, "Faith without works is dead." We, we, when we say we believe in God, that's good. But know this: that even devils believe and tremble. That's not enough. He said we must first believe that God exists. Not only that God exists, but then we have to go on and believe that He is a rewarder of them who diligently seek Him. God wants us to know that when we're hungry for Him. God is attracted to hunger. When we're hungering after him, when we're thirsting after him, when we're seeking after him, um, uh, he's going to fill us. So he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We're going to have to get aggressive with this. We're going to have to be intentional about being a doer of God's word. 
and not about making excuses. When we make mature people, when they make a mistake, they own it. And they say, yep, I did it. I said it. God, forgive me. But isn't that what children do? They play the blame game. Well, since he made me do it, or he did this, or he made me hit on more. That's, that's how we can measure our spiritual maturity by our behavior. Look at how we behave. It's a lot like kids. Isn't that what we're trying to do? We're trying to uh, uh, train our children flesh by telling them, don't do this, don't do that. Well, that's what God is trying to do with us. His word, he said, you know, the truth will sanctify us. The truth will set us apart. The truth sets us apart from a lie. Jesus said, if you are my, if you continue my word, you are my disciples indeed. And John, he said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. What is it that the truth sets us free from? The truth sets us free from a devil's lie. I'm trying to get back to this self-perception. Romans 7 and 17. And, and uh, he went on to say, he says, as it is no longer I myself would do it, but it's sin living in me. It's my sinful nature. We're going on to Romans 7, 18. This is the NIV. For I know that the good itself does not dwell in me. That is in my sinful nature. There's no good in our sinful nature. There's no good in our flesh. The Bible says our righteousness outside of God is like a filthy rag. Um. So I can't be good without God because even my good outside of God is not good. Because <laughs> I, how many even know our good has to be washed in the blood of Jesus? Because if we could get to heaven uh, based upon our own works, that would give us something to boast about. But it's by faith and grace that we're saved and not by works, lest any man would have something to boast about. Oh, God saved me because I go to church seven days a week. I pray faithfully all the time. That's why God saved me. You see, if it was based upon our works, if it was based upon our goodness, we would have something to boast about. But it's not. It's by grace that we're saved. It's by faith. It's by grace that we save, lest any man should boast. It's by the grace of God that we're saved. It wasn't based upon what we did. It was based upon what Christ did. And I don't know about you, but... I really want to, that's somebody I want to mentor and mirror my life after. That's somebody I want to follow. I want to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I mean, he is the perfect, he is perfect in all his ways. He really is. And um, I want to live Christ-like. I don't know about you, but I didn't get get saved to live the same kind of way. Okay, so um, 19 says, for the good, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Boy, that's frustrating. That is frustrating. Now, verse 20 says, Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it's sin living in me that that does it. The Apostle Paul was saying, Look here, I'm doing stuff that I don't want to do. Okay, it's, it's not me that's doing it. It's the flesh. It's my flesh nature. This is what I say. When I say what you do is not who you are. The apostle Paul was telling us here. It's not I that's doing it. And if I do what I do not want to do. I agree that the law is good. 17 says as it is. It is no longer I myself who do it. But it's sin living in me. It's my sinful nature. So quit identifying. Well, Don't let the devil try to lead you to believe. That what you did was who you are. If you are a born again believer. Even if you're not, we're going to need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today by believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He did die and he rose and you shall be saved. And I pray that anyone on here who has not accepted Jesus Christ, uh, read Romans 10, 9 and 10. Believe in your mouth, confess with your heart that God raised him from the dead 
and you shall be saved. Um, I pray that you pray that prayer. But what I'm saying is committing the adulterer. He, 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 the woman at the well was an fornicator, right? But Jesus didn't see her as that. He saw her as an evangelist. <laughs> he told her, now go and tell. He prophesied to her. She said, I perceive that you are a prophet. He said, you, where's your husband? You have five and the one you got right now is yours. She said, I perceive you to be a prophet. Yeah, because he, he said, now go and tell. And so she went back and told some more. And the whole city came and all those people got saved. Because uh, uh, he didn't see her. He he, he didn't see her uh, as a fornicator. He saw her as an evangelist. That's what he created her to be. Because when God created us, he put everything in, on the inside of us. See, you didn't just become a preacher, a pastor, a giver, a helper, whatever it is. You just didn't become that when you discovered it. You was that when he created you. It's just that you're just now discovering it. You're just now discovering who you are. This is, you didn't become this. This is, you was like this when God put this in you. And a lot of times we, that's a reason, another reason why we have such a hard time accepting compliments because we can't see, we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. And so when God sends someone along who can see who you are, they can see the good things. This discerning of the spirit is not just for evil. If all you can see is evil, then that's not discerning of the spirit. Discerning of the spirit is good and evil. Okay, but you can see evil. I had someone tell me one. Oh, you can. Anybody can see evil. They preach from the pulpit because they don't understand how to discern. Discerning of the spirits is good and evil. Okay, we should be able to see good too. Unless a person is just completely demon-possessed. But even in that, we should discern that's the spirit, it's not the person. But the apostle Paul said, that's not me doing that. He knew who he was. Because he, he said, I'm a new creature. That's my flesh. Can we separate the flesh from the spirit? And so when there's no condemnation, when you, when we, when we sin or we miss it, we just, act, we confess our faults. We haven't, we have uh, an advocate with the father. Um, if we can, if when we do sin, if we confess our faults, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Right. So we just confess our own faults one to another so that we can all be healed. That's a prior uh, uh, podcast of mine, confessing our own faults. We have to admit it before we can quit it because uh, the worst deception is uh, self-deception and the purpose of correction. Because without correction, we're going to have some deception and God don't want us to be deceived. He corrected people all the time. He corrected people all the time. He corrected that woman at the well. He said, and the man you got right now is not even your husband. You know, and then the woman that got caught in adultery, the one that they wanted to stone, he graced her. He said, where are those? He said, let him without seeing cast the first stone. He can, He corrected them. He rebuked them. The ones that was getting ready to stole their stone, stole, throw their stones of accusations. That's what stones are, false accusations. Character assassinations. <laughs> But let I say this, let this why I say judge not, lest you, you be judged. So they was trying to judge her and they ended up getting judged. They had to drop all their stones. And so Jesus went on and said, woman, where are those who condemn you? He graced her. He said, I don't come to condemn you either, but go and sin no more. So he graced her. He didn't condemn her. But then he corrected her because he told her not to do go and don't do it no more. That's correction. So he graced us. He graced, and then he restored her because he told her to go. You know, he told her not to do it no more. He corrected her, and then he restored her. He said, now go on and go. So, you know, that's what God does to us. He graces us. 
He corrects us and then he restores us because he came to redeem us, not to condemn us. He, the Holy Spirit did not come to condemn us. He came to convict us, to convince us that we are, we were sinners and we were in need of a savior. So what I'm saying is quit calling yourself a felon, a lesbian, a adulterer, a thief, a murderer, a crackhead. Quit, quit calling people that. Quit calling your children bad. If, if God is not saying it, then what we're doing, we're speaking, we're speaking curses. And when things begin to happen, this is what we say. See, I told you. Yeah, because you, re- by faith, you release that curse into the earth. And even when God shows you something, the per- anytime the gifts are in operation, it's always for redemption and restoration. So when God shows you something, stand, ask him, Lord, why are you showing me this? Stand in the gap, maybe, you know, and, and intercede. And pray because God is good and he don't, he wished nothing evil come upon us. Let no man say that when he's tempted, he's, he's tempted, that God is tempting him because God cannot be tempted by evil. Why? Because the devil has no place in him. God is not out to get us. God is not out to hurt us. We curse ourselves. Even though we've been redeemed from the curse, we curse ourselves through our disobedience. Because when we're not submitted to God, we walking into an agreement with the devil. We can't have it both ways. We are the hot or we cold. There is no in between. Choose this day who we're going to serve. I want to challenge you on today. I want you to put a guard over your mouth. Uh, in other words, I want us to be mindful of our words because you're framing somebody's word with your words. We're cursing either curses, curses are coming out of our mouths or blessings are coming out of our mouths. But we bless the Lord. This is what we fail to realize. We think we can have a relationship with God and be out of relationship with man, with the God who he created in his own image and likeness. But God wants to deal with us, with our relationship with people. You know, we say, oh, I got, I love God. Yeah, but you mean as a snake to your husband. And you're mean as a snake to your kids. And you're mean as a snake to your co- uh, your, your co-workers. There's no condemnation. What I'm trying to get us to see is God loves people. And the reason you're acting ugly is because you're feeling ugly. But God wants you to know that you're not ugly. That he created you in his own image, in his own likeness. See, we treat people as a man thinketh in his heart so easy. So the next time somebody come at you talking negative and acting negative and and all this other stuff, just know that it's not about you. It's what's inside of them. So we have to guard our heart, for out of it flows everything that we do. Remember Proverb tells us, he says, as water shows the reflection of a man's face. Let me find this. Proverbs. The reflection of a man's face. So does our, our heart reflects our life. Proverbs 27, 19. It says, as water reflects the face, Proverbs 27, 19. I'm going to read the NLT. As as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects the real person. This is why God said, I'm looking at your heart. You know, yeah, we can clean the outside of the cup. He told the Pharisees, he said, but the inside is filthy. It's like, you know, it's dead men. You worship me with your mouth. See, all this outward stuff. But God wants to deal with us. He wants us to live from the inside out. Because when we start living from the inside out, we can walk in the fruits of the spirit. Excuse me. We can love the unlovable. We can love like God loves. And the devil won't be able to uh, 
just tell us. He, that root of rejection, it won't have no place in us because we'll know who we are. And you, man rejecting you is not God rejecting you. Jesus was rejected by men, but he was accepted by God. The devil is supposed to reject you. The devil is supposed to hate you. If you're friends with everybody, I like to tell people you're compromising somewhere. It's not about self-esteem. It's not about self-confidence. It's about exalting the Lord Jesus Christ. It's when we have confidence in God's love for us. We will have boldness. When we know who we are in Christ, we will have confidence. And people will confuse it with being arrogant. But that's not what that is because you know in your heart that I'm not what they say. I'm not a lesbian. I'm not a fornicator. I'm not adulterer. I'm not a thief. I'm not a crackhead. Those were things that I did, like the Apostle Paul said. But it was not I myself that did it, the Apostle Paul says in Romans 5, 17. But it was my flesh that did that because that's not who I am. What I do is not who I am. But it was an action that I allow my flesh to commit. Father, forgive me for yielding my members to my flesh. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to, we're going to walk on from there. And the good news is there's no condemnation because today is another day. God graces us. His grace is uh, fresh and new every day. So today we get to act on these words that we heard. We get to become doers of God's word. And my challenge for you today is to begin to find out who you are in Christ. Pick up my book, Understanding Your Own Issues. I mean, excuse, uh, uh, yes, Understanding Your Own Issues. I did uh, Understanding Your Identity in Christ and Understanding God's Love for Us. But get in the Bible. I'm getting ready at the end of here in just a minute. But get in the Bible and look up scriptures on who we are in Christ. So we can find out who our, our, what our new identity is. We have an inheritance. The Word of God is the will of God. The word of God is God's love letter to us, even his corrections and rebukes, because remember, God chastised those he loved. I'm getting ready to end here. Keep looking for the good in your day. Share this podcast, support us, and leave a voice message. And on that note, I am getting ready to end it. You guys be blessed and be encouraged and share this podcast if that's blessed you in any way.